0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to K Chapel. Welcome to this hour Wednesday night Bible study. I pray that you are blessed. I pray that you are well. I pray that you are warm. My goodness, who's been praying for this this cold weather? I, I, again, I need to know who you are because you certainly got a prayer through. You got your your the desire of your heart. It has been cold the last few days in Mississippi. My goodness. Uh, but we're thankful that we are here we're thankful that god has given us another opportunity to gather and to study his holy word i thank god for you my brothers and sisters in christ uh, all of the members of k chapel all of our visitors all of our friends wherever you are however you are connecting with us whether you're on facebook youtube instagram uh, or however you're connecting with us. as a matter of fact why don't you let us know how you're connecting with us tonight we're so grateful Uh, To have you all with us, Amen. And tell us where you're connecting from, if you don't mind. If you're out of the state or out of the city, uh, let us know where you where you're connecting with us from. We'd like to send you a great big shout out. While you're doing that, why don't we see who's in the room with us on tonight? T A is with us first of all. So you all say good evening to T A, if you don't mind. Mother Curry is with us. God bless you, Sister Curry. Good to see you, Mother Curry. We thank God for you. Faith Foster is in the house. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Foster. Kayola Williams, God bless you. Good to have you with us. Amen. Madeline Cannon is with us. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Cannon. Marilyn Langford is with us on tonight. We thank God for you. Vicki Nunn, good to see you, Sister Vicky. God bless you. Demetria Daphne, God bless you. Good to see you all on tonight. Amen. Somebody, listen, while you're still doing that, somebody, I, I listen, uh, somebody asked me today. They didn't know me. Uh, I was wearing all this purple. They say, are you a Q? Are you an Omega? Amen. I, you, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. This is the only purple, <laughs> only purple sweater I have. Uh, amen. Amen. God bless you. No, I'm not a Q. I'm not a Q. Amen. <laughs> I'm a child of God. How about that? How about that? Elvira is in the house. God bless you. Good to see you. Elvira. Virgie Butler is with us. God bless you, Loretta Elps. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Elps. Chloe, loving is with us. God bless you. We we're glad to see you, Danielle Marie is with us. Listen, Danielle. Listen, Danielle. Hold, hold Danielle there for a second because I need to let you know. I need to let you know uh, that that uh, Cade Wellness uh, is back and they will be. Uh, with us on tomorrow, tomorrow evening at 5:30. I say Danielle because Danielle is over our health ministry, and uh, uh, I want you to know that the uh, line dancing is going to start tomorrow at 5:30 p.m. Uh, in the gymnasium. And so, if you uh, have signed up for Cade Wellness, uh, uh, we want to see you on tomorrow night at 5:30 for the line dancing. Amen, y'all. Are, y'all are. I, I, last time I was in there. Uh, They were doing it big. They were doing it big. So uh, we want to invite you again. Uh, Listen, you see the line up there. Great Monday, sizzling seniors on Tuesdays and Thursdays, jamming, jamming, is that Thursday? I think that's Thursday supposed to be, 5.30 a.m. And then high-stepping Saturday at 8 a.m. in the Jackson Medical Mall. Whatever your goals are, whatever your health goals are uh, relative to uh, increasing your... Um, your heart rate, or decreasing your cholesterol, uh, whatever your goals are, let Kate Wellness be a part of helping you to achieve your physical fitness goal, your wellness goals uh, for 2024. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I see people are on from. <laughs> Somebody said our God is Alpha and Omega. I, I hear you, Cecilia. God bless you. That's right. Um, Let's see, I saw some people who are on from, let me go back up and see, greetings from Gulfport. Who is that? Uh, Ardra Gavin Gova, Govan from Gulfport, Mississippi. God bless you. Good to have you with us. All the way from Montgomery, Alabama, Sherilyn Harding. God bless you. Good to see you from North Carolina, Shelby Moore. Amen. Good to see you, Sister Morris, from uh, Alabama, Nora Davenport Lawson. God bless you. Good. That's one of our, our distant members. God bless you. Good to see you all. Amen. Amen. Anybody else from not in the Jackson area, we welcome you wherever you're joining us from. We are glad that you are here. Amen. We're going to say a word of prayer, and then we're going to get into our word for the night as we continue in in our study of how to study uh, the word of God, how to study the Bible. Let's pray, y'all. Father how grateful how thankful we are for this time together in the study of your word we are thankful god that your word is true and lord we we do want to study your word more carefully more thoughtfully uh, because we want to know the truth of your word we want to be diligent in searching out your truth we want to be Correct in our interpretation. We want to be sensitive to all that is necessary in order for us to walk away from your word with everything that you would have us to gain. And so, Lord, we pray that our time together in this study of how to study your word would give us the tools, the tips, the techniques that we need. So that our time with you will be produ- productive. So that our time in your word would be well spent. We bless you and we thank you now. For we ask these things in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, who is our Lord, our savior, and our Christ. We do pray. Amen and amen. All right, all right. God bless you. God bless you. So listen, I I I, I, I have a sneaky suspicion based on some conversations that i've had with with individuals that uh, that that we're starting off on the right foot how to study the bible from what i'm hearing this is something that a lot of you have been wanting to uh get a better understanding of and i'm glad to hear that i'm glad to hear also that many of you have already gone out and and purchased your uh study bibles um I got some text messages and phone calls last week about uh, where to go and, and where can I get it from. Um, so let me say uh, Barnes and Noble uh, is a good any any bookstore uh, will typically carry have a have a, uh, a section of, of of Christian books, Bibles, uh, whether it's books of millions or or um, books a million or, or uh barnes and noble uh those will will be good choices where you could i'm sure you find a good bible a good study bible uh of course you can always order online good study bibles uh back in the day you know we had lifeway and we had um a uh, bell uh dr leon bell had his bookstore uh for so many years and there it was nothing for us to go to uh, the bookstore on, in Delta Mart Plaza. Uh, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about over there on, on Freedom Corner. Uh, we would go there and get everything from communion supplies to robe, ordering our robes um, and everything else. Uh, but those days are are are, are long gone. So um, more than likely, we have to go to a lot of more more of the big box uh type stores to to get these uh these supplies and these products. So I pray uh that you had you've had an opportunity uh to search those out again. Uh my particular um uh study bible is the um uh, ma- not the MacArthur I was about to say <laughs> uh the the Jeremiah uh David Jeremiah but st- study bible. I do have the MacArthur study bible as well uh, but I, I just prefer the um um, uh, the Jeremiah David Jeremiah study Bible, um, but a good study Bible, whichever you choose, um, you know it, it's it's usually going to be a lot bigger than your normal just Bible that is just the scriptures only, uh, because it's going to have a lot of references. It's going to have a lot of uh, word studies. Uh, it'll have a lot of maps. Um, it'll have a lot of charts uh so, because it it's allowing you to dig deeper into the Word of God. and so uh hopefully you've you've picked out a good study Bible or maybe you've dusted off the one that you had in 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 your uh, library on your bookshelf for a number of years um, uh, because you just maybe didn't quite know how to use it uh, but prayerfully and thankfully, I believe uh, we're gonna put it to use to good use as we continue in our study of how to study the bible now last week last week um just as a quick review quick review um i told you it was very important how you approach the word of god just like a golfer has an approach to uh swinging that club uh to hit that ball the greatest distance uh the most accurate uh in or precise uh in in direction Uh, It matters how you approach the scripture. And so we talked last week about approaching the word of God with reverence and respect, right? Having a level of reverence and respect for the holy word of God. It's a book, but it's no ordinary book. And we should treat it as such. It is the living word of a loving God. It is the holy word of a holy God. And we must respect it and reverence it as such. That means that I come to it with with a degree of of honor. That I don't treat it like any other book, um, uh, e- either physically or 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 relationally. I relate to this book differently. It's not just something that I read. Watch this for. Um, of, for for entertainment or for pleasure or for um, or or to to put me to sleep. No, this is a book that I read. Watch this, y'all. For life, I read this book because it is the living word, and it gives me life. So I approach it differently. I approach it with reverence and respect. Secondly, I approach it with hope and expectancy in other words when i read this word i'm expecting watch this y'all <laughs> i'm expecting for god to speak through his word that's a that's a that's a high bar that's a high bar i put that level of expectation on my time in reading the word of god that i'm expecting that the god of the universe The great creator, the great I am, is going to speak to me through his word by his Holy Spirit. That's a big hope and that's a great expectation. And yet, I believe God will do it. I believe that when you pick up your Bible and you approach it with reverence and respect, with hope and expectancy, that the great God of this big universe. Will meet you and speak to you through the living word of God. And then, thirdly, we talked about approaching with humility and with an open heart, right? Humility means that, watch this, I'm approaching this recognizing that I don't know it all. With as much as I know, there's a lot more that I don't know. And by being humble, I'm saying, I'm saying, Lord, I recognize that though I may have studied this passage for the last 15 years, that I recognize that I don't know everything, and that if you want to show me something new, my heart is open to it. My heart is open to it my heart is open to hearing through your spirit and seeing with fresh eyes what your word and by using appropriate tools of interpretation that i am opening myself to hearing your word afresh okay so those the, that we talked about the approach the approach to the word of god and then we said we said um there there are three there are three basic um um things that we that that you should do or be cognizant of in your time of reading scripture three things that you should be cognizant of three things that you should sort of work your way through as you read the scripture as you read god's word one we said read it with the intent of observation and in observation what you're doing is you're asking you're asking um the the who what where when why questions right how who who are the people involved in this text where is the setting? What is the situation? Who is the author? What was his intent? What's taking place here? What kind of literature is this? In the Bible, is this is this historical narrative? Is this is this wisdom and poetry? Is this the law? Um, is this the gospel? Uh, are these epistles letters? What, what type of literature am I reading, right? The, the This sets you up to correctly interpret the passage that you're reading. So you start with observation and then you move to interpretation. What does it say? Not only, and here, here is where interpretation gets sticky and tricky and where a lot of us um, sort of, you know, Missed the mark. It's because the Bible is is an ancient text. Right? It's an ancient text. We are modern readers. 21st century readers. The New Testament was written in, in the first century. So, we're looking at a first century text from 21st century with 21st century eyes and oftentimes therein lies the problem we're reading it from our time rather than transporting ourselves to the time it was written and that takes work that that's why you need a study bible because The immediate tendency is to read a word and and use the definition of that word as we know it today. When language shifts, language changes, the meaning of words change. And 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 certainly when you start talking about translations, translations get lost sometimes or or the meaning of words get lost in the translations. So it's important, it's important to to be in the space, the contextual space that the text was written, the cultural space, the time, so that I'm reading and I'm interpreting from the perspective of those who were there, not from the perspective of, of my generation right thirdly thirdly is the application there's the observation there's the interpretation and then there's the application what does it mean for me today right so so i i have to know what it meant the time that it was written and be true to that but then i have to ask the question what does it mean for me today how do i correctly apply this this first century text to my 21st century life how do i do that and that's where we want to jump off today tonight how do you how do you make sure that you're reading the Bible and interpreting it with integrity. How how do I make sure that I'm interpreting this text with the kind of integrity that it deserves so that I walk away from it, not having done damage to the text or thereby doing damage to myself because I've misinterpreted the text, and let me let me let me let me show you how misinterpretation happens. It uh, ta. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, shift for just a second. Let me let me show you how how, how misinterpretation happens. Um, um, there there's a text. So I'm, I'm I'm gonna give you two two examples real quick. Two examples of misinterpreted texts that that, that hap- you hear it all the time. You hear these texts all the time. And usually they are misinterpreted or they are misused. Matthew 18. Matthew 18 and verse 20. If you look at Matthew 18 and verse 20, this is one of those texts that just gets misused. And oftentimes because it's taken out of context Matthew 18 and 20. okay it it says let me pull it up here it says um there it is thank you for where two or three are gathered together in my name there am I in the midst of them okay that, that's all that's all right there But where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them, right? Now, anytime you take a verse and you pull that verse out of the verses surrounding that verse, you're on your way to scriptural um, (laughs) uh, malpractice. Interpretive malpractice, and and we do that with that verse all the time. Verse twenty, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And we pull that that verse out of that text, and here is what we say. Uh, be, because we we try to we try to make ourselves feel good when uh, we're in a gathering and there are just a few people there, and and uh, we were expecting a larger crowd. Uh, and we were hoping for a larger turnout uh, but it's just a few people and and you'll say, well the Bible says where two or three I gathered uh, the Lord said I'll be in the midst of them so let's just go on and praise the Lord together let's go on and do what we said we were going to do how many of y'all know what I'm talking about how many of y'all have heard that verse used that way come on, be honest. how many of you heard that verse used that way where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them y'all listen. Jesus was not talking about a poorly attended worship service. That is not what he was talking about. He was not talking about a poorly attended Bible study. That's not what he was talking about. He he was not talking about he was not talking <laughs> Come on y'all, y'all you know I'm telling the truth. That is not what that verse is about. Let's let's pull it up again. Let's pull it up again. Let's let's put the verse Let's put that verse in its context. Let's put that, let's go up for a little bit. Let's go up to, oh, around verse 11. Let's go up to verse 11. There we go. Well, let's stop stop at 15. That's good right there. Verse 15, I'm sorry, thank you. Brother who sins, let's start right there. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven again I say unto you that if two or that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they ask it shall be done for them of my father which is in heaven for where two or three are gathered together in my name there am I in the midst of them verse 20 y'all comes in the context of Jesus teaching about how to resolve conflict Jesus is teaching us about how to gain a brother or a sister when there is a disagreement. He's talking about how to restore relationships. This has nothing to do with your poorly attended meeting, this has nothing to do with the numbers being low. For worship. This is about how to restore broken relationships. And Jesus says, when you are about the business of gaining a brother, when you are about the business of restoring relationships, when you are about the business of forgiving one another and getting together and unifying and getting on one accord, He says, where two or three of you are gathered together about, that business, I'll be there. That's what that text is about. He says, I'll be there because watch this. I'm all about peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? So so this text is often, that's a verse that's oftentimes pulled out. And when you pull a verse, Out of its context, you can make it say a whole lot of stuff. You can make it say a whole lot of stuff. Are you hearing me? I'm gonna give you another verse. Give you two. This is the second example of how we take verses out of context Jeremiah 29 and 11. You already know what that verse says. You don't have to look it up. But TA, help me out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Jeremiah 29 and 11, you already know what it says. It says for, it, it's on your coffee mug. It's on it's on the poster on your wall. It, you tweet it out. It, it's on your calendar. You know what it says. For I, I know the plans. 29 and 11, is that it? Uh, da, 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 da. There it is. For I know the thoughts. That I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Um a, 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 mod, a more modern version would say something like, I know the plans, for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of to prosper you, right? And and you see that on t-shirts, you see it on bumper stickers, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and to give you a great, a great future. Right. And we and we we claim that promise and we say, oh, the Lord is the Lord is playing my future. The Lord is going to prosper me and the Lord is going to multiply me and the Lord is going to bless me and and all the stuff that I've been praying for the Lord. And and I'm standing on his promise because it's in his word. Okay, Put it in its context, y'all. Let's, let's just put it in its context because when you put it in its context, if you go back up, let's look at verse, let's start at verse, oh, let's start at verse 1 actually of 29 and 20 uh, uh, Jeremiah 29. I believe that very first verse actually sets up the context for what's happening here. What's happening here? Remember, uh the 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 children of Israel. Have been exiled into Babylon, right? They've been exiled into Babylon, and and this is a prophetic word from the old the Old Testament prophet. Here we go. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. We can stop right there. We can stop right there. It tells you what this is. It tells you what this is. This is a letter sent from Jeremiah to the surviving elders and the of the exiles, the people who were still in Babylon, right? And the purpose of this letter you go on down to around verse eight or nine, you'll see that, 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 that God has said to the people through Jeremiah, listen, you're going to be, there. here it is, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. Verse 10, for thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you. There it is. I know the plans I have for you. Right. And and, and later he goes on, go go down to around verse uh, 14. Yeah. Um, okay, that, that's good. That's good. So, so what God is saying, what God says, listen, the people you've been listening to, they're false prophets because they've been telling you that you're going to go to your homeland and get back to Jerusalem in a little, in, a, in short of no time. He says, nope, you're going to be here for a while, 70 years to be exact. And early in the past, he says, listen, go ahead plant vineyards build houses marry your daughters right he says do all of these things why because you're going to be here for a while he says all the people who've been telling you uh that the lord gonna turn it around and he gonna do it real fast and real quick he says, nope that's not what i said you're gonna be here for 70 years because watch this y'all sometimes God doesn't do stuff instantly. I know you heard the man who calls himself a prophet say, go home, and by this time tomorrow it's going to happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen instantly. It doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes you got to fast and pray. Sometimes you're going to see that thing happen over the course of years rather than Over the course of days, good God Almighty! See, y'all gonna make me, y'all gonna make me preach. When you put it, listen. When you put it in context, you don't have to make stuff up. Let the text say what it says. And what it says here is, he says, "Listen, build houses, plant vineyards, marry your daughters, get settled, because you're gonna be here a while." He says. But guess what, I got it planned out. I know the plans that I have toward you and the plans are for a great future, a great hope. In other words, don't give up and don't get tired because I haven't forgotten about you. This is not a promise for you to claim saying that God is going to bless me with with this money and this thing because it's my future and it's my hope, not what it's about, okay? All right, so I just wanted to give you that because that's how we do damage to the text. That's how we do damage to the word of God. When we pull a verse or a passage out of its greater context and make it say something, that it is not saying, okay? You with me? All right. So then, how do you? Great, we got great time. So how do you then read? So, uh, y'all, I am. <laughs> so, so over the over the Christmas break, we got a family gift. Uh, one of our uh, friends gave us a family gift, and the gift was um, a puzzle, a twelve hundred piece puzzle. It's a twelve hundred piece puzzle, and 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 we just recently opened it. My daughter and I we started putting it together, and I got to be honest, I was not all that thrilled about putting together a twelve hundred piece puzzle because, number one, I'm not good at them, um, and twelve hundred pieces is a lot of pieces. But we started looking at the picture, and we started. Mapping out how we were going to attack, putting this puzzle together. Right. So we started looking at the colors and the shapes, and started finding, you know, just sort of mapping it out and getting things in the right place. My daughter found a piece, Anna found a piece, and she said, uh, "This is this is part of of the moon." I said, "How do you know that? How did how did you how did you know that?" She said, oh well, right here is." see that little speck right there and i couldn't see it she said do you see that little speck of that little speck of of of, uh it was a golden color she said that little speck right there uh that go that goes with the moon and i could not see that little speck because my eyes are a little older than hers and i said to her i said you know what i think if if we're going to be successful at this at this puzzle i'm going to need Uh, a magnifying glass or, or my glasses, my specs. And that my brothers and sisters is exactly what I want to share with you tonight. It's a method for how you can read the Bible and get the most out of any, any reading that you do. It's by having your specs. S P E C S. S P E C S. Your specs. We call it the specs method to reading the Bible. Each letter stands for something to remember. Okay? So when you're reading the Bible, S. Ask yourself of this passage, am I reading in this passage, S, a sin to confess, P, a promise to claim, E, an example to follow, C, a command to obey, or S, a situation to avoid. More times than not, whatever passage you're reading, when you read the full fullness of that passage, more times than not, it's gonna fall into one of those categories. A sin to confess, a promise to claim, an example to follow, a command to obey, or a situation to avoid. All right, so let's give you an example. Go with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Acts chapter 5. Verses 1 through 6. Are you with me? Everybody with me? Somebody tell me what the S stands for. Write it in. The first S. What does the first S stand for? Here we go. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Um and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostle's feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own, and after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. Great fear came on all them that heard these things. The young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. Buried him. So, in that text, in that text, as you read it, is there a sin? In the text? If so, somebody tell me what is the sin? What is the sin of that text? What is the sin? Not telling the truth. Right. <laughs> yeah. He lied. He lied. And so when you read that text, and there will be other, when you read texts in the Bible, you will find that there will be sins that are outlined. In stories, the sin of adultery with David and Bathsheba, right? Um, the the sin of of greed. Um, when 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 God told them to 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 destroy uh, all of, of of the goods, and they kept some. The king kept some for himself, right? Um, so there are sin, when you read these stories, read them asking yourself, is this, in this passage, is there a sin, because we're talking about application now, right, how do you apply this to your life, is there a sin that I need to confess, is there a sin in that passage that is speaking to me or that I just need to be aware of, right, right, Is there a sin to confess? Number two, let's look at promise to claim. Is there a promise to claim? John, John chapter 11, John chapter 11, 23 through 27, 23 through 27. Anybody, anybody being helped tonight? John chapter 11, 23 through 27. Is there a promise to claim? So from now on, when I say, do you have your specs on? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Is there a promise to claim? We are in, what are we, John 11, 23 through 27. Here we go. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day jesus said unto her i am the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die believest thou this she saith unto him yea lord i believe that thou art the christ the son of god which should come into (laughs) the world is there a promise to claim P, what is the promise? What is the promise that Jesus gives here? Did anybody see it? What is the promise in that text? Y'all talk to me if you can. I I know y'all got it. Go ahead. What is the promise in that text? The first one who writes it in, the first one who writes it in uh, is going to get to have your own line dance tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Live again. Thank you. Phyllis Southern. Who is that? Phyllis Southern. Yeah, the promise of life, right? says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. That's the promise. That's the promise, right? Yet shall he live. So there's a promise that I can claim. There are promises all throughout the word of God. There are promises that we can claim. Now, here's the challenge with that, is that, um, I don't have enough time to get into this too deeply, but um, a lot of times we look at, at Old Testament covenant promises that God made In covenant with Abraham covenant with Moses covenant with Noah covenant all these covenants that God made and sometimes we incorrectly um, claim those promises as our own we'll deal with that a little bit later uh, because that gets a little a little murky but but suffice it to say this um promises that God made to a people for a a a certain dispensation are meant for that time okay um I don't have time to get into that right now but 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 we'll come back to that okay we'll come back to that S, P, promise to claim, E, what is E? Is there an example to follow? Oh goodness, I misspelled Chronicles. Don't tell nobody that, don't y'all look at that. <laughs> Second Chronicles, C-L-E-S, that's me, that's my fault. Second Chronicles, is there an example to follow? Is there an example to follow? Um, In Second Chronicles, C-L-E-S, not C-A-L-S, second chronicles chapter 20 is there an example to follow and jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of judah in jerusalem in the house of the lord before the new court and said o lord god of our fathers art thou not god in heaven and rulest thou not over all the kingdoms of heaven uh, of the heathen and in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee art thou not our god who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gaveth it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever going back to covenant and they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name saying if when evil cometh upon us as a sword judgment or pestilence or famine we stand before this house and in thy presence for thy name is in this house and cry unto thee in our own affliction then thou wilt hear and help and now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they come out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O oh God, will thou not judge them? we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. E, is there an example to follow? That was a longer passage. But Jehoshaphat in that passage is giving us an example. The example is what? Can anybody see it? What is the example? What is, what is, what is the situation what is um the response and what do we then get as an example did anybody see it what is the example that we have in that text that jehoshaphat gives us i'll I'll wait (laughs) how to pray somebody said l alexander yeah how to pray stephanie said keep your eyes on god believe in god go to god yeah there's the example you you saw that last verse where he says we don't know what to do but our eyes are upon thee you hear this this king who is saying lord uh You promised us this land. You gave us this land. This army is coming to kick us out of this land. I don't believe that we've come, watch this. I don't believe you brought us this far to leave us. That's basically what he's saying. But he's in prayer. This is the king who is not too much of a king that he can't pray to the king of kings. It's an example of prayer. When we face our own challenges, our own struggles, that he's expressing to God, Lord, I'm depending on you. I'm trusting in you. The power that we have is no power against this allied force. And so we're depending on you. That's an example for us to follow. Are you with me? Let me quickly go to C and S. C, a command to obey. A command to obey, and we're we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, I, I don't have time to get into a couple of things, but uh, I'll come back to it next week. Command to obey, uh, a com- uh, a command to obey. Actually, uh, T A. Do me a favor. Uh, instead of John thirteen, go to Matthew twenty eight. That's a real easy one. Matthew twenty eight. Matthew twenty eight verses nineteen and twenty. Matthew twenty eight verses nineteen and twenty. I'm sorry, I'm calling audibles in the middle of this. Uh but but you know that you know that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do. is good like that. He knows me by now. Matthew 28. Thank you, sir. Uh 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of What the world. Is there a command to follow? There's a command right there. It is the commission, the great commission. Jesus says to his disciples, go teach, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now, there are, there are, uh, let me, let me, let me quickly do this real quick. Um, In the word of God, there are what we call descriptive passages and prescriptive passages. Descriptive is what it says, it describes, it just describes, it, it, it describes how people did something, how the early church did something, how uh, the, 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 how, how Jesus did something, how the disciples did something. It's, it's a descriptive passage. But then there are prescriptive passages and prescriptive simply means that it is a prescribed way. It is a command. It is, don't just do it, but do it like this. What we just read was a prescriptive passage because it says, watch this. It says, go ye therefore, uh, teach all nations, baptizing them, how? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That's a prescriptive passage. It's a command. And it says, baptize and do it like this, right? So we have a prescribed way to go about. We don't have to watch this. We don't have to try to figure out how to baptize. We are told how to baptize. It's prescribed, not described. It's prescribed, commanded. You got it? Okay. Um, So there are commands to follow. And then the last S, the last S, is there a situation to avoid? Is there a situation to avoid? Judges chapter 16, we are finishing up right here. Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, verses 18 through 21. Is there a situation to avoid? And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines saying, come up this once for he had shown me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money to their hand in in their hand, and she made him sleep upon her knees. She called for a man and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him and his strength went from him. She said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. He woke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him, put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. He did grind in the prison house. Wow, that's enough right there. Is there a situation to avoid, (laughs) right? There are passages that describe to us situations that we ought to be aware of and not get ourselves into. So, S, sin to confess. P, promise to claim. (laughs) example to follow. I'm laughing because Shelba Moore said, is there a situation to avoid? She said, leave Delilah alone. Thank you, Shelba. Is there an example to follow? C, is there a command to obey? And then S, is there a situation to avoid? Is there a situation to avoid? All right. So when I ask you, do you have your specs on? Y'all know what I'm talking about. When we get into the word of God, get your specs. Get your specs out. If you're going to apply that word to your life, if it's going to make any sense to you as a 21st century believer, you need to ask yourself those questions. S-P-E-C-S. All right? Next week, next week, going to be looking at these books. I know I told you Um, To get your study Bibles, I want to share with you a few other books that are in my library. I'm not saying that you have to get them into yours, but they have been quite helpful uh, in terms of digging into the word. So I'll share them with you. And uh, I pray that your study, your reading the word of God will be more beneficial, more fruitful than it has ever been before. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We will see you on Sunday.